This episode is brought to you by Get Mobile ID by Get Group North America, the smart choice for ID implementations. Put citizens in control with Get Mobile ID, fully ISO compliant 18013-5, and surpasses AMVA guidelines. Learn more at getgroupna.com. Welcome to AMVACAST, bringing news, information, and expertise to the AMVA community. Here's your host, Ian Grossman. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the AMVACAST, everyone. You're about to hear a wonderful conversation I had with the Director of the Department of Public Safety Driver and Vehicle Services for Minnesota, Director Pong Jiang. However, I want to warn you, we had a little bit of technical difficulties. Uh, So the audio may sound a little bit different, but I still think you're going to have a great listen to this great conversation. So, Pyong, uh, welcome to your first appearance on the AmbiCast, and welcome to the Amba community. It's been less than a year. Yeah, thanks, Evan. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm I'm keeping up on nine months now, and uh, I still feel like I have lots to learn, but uh, everyone's been super supportive of my team and the Amba community, really. That's great. We're happy to have you. We're happy to finally meet you in person this week. For those listening, we're out here in Des Moines at the Region 3 Administrators Roundtable. You'll probably be hearing this a few weeks after the roundtable. But, you know, going around the room, Pong mentioned a couple of projects that Minnesota is working on that seemed interesting. So we're going to have that conversation. One of them that really jumped out to me is the work you've done on access to liens and titles online not just for lenders, but for the everyday public, uh, citizens, be able to get information about means and titles. So let's jump into it. Tell me, like I heard you telling administrators and everyone's ears perked up, what have you guys been doing in Minnesota? Yeah, so in Minnesota, we have um, e-liens available now to 13 pilot financial institutions, and um, that was released in uh, April, uh, or sorry, April uh, 11th. And so right now, what um, the, our current process is, if you um, if you are identified as a lien holder, um, when when that registration comes through, we mail you a postcard, and that postcard goes to the financial institution. When they release the lien, some, oftentimes they'll mail that postcard back with their signature on it, saying, "Hey, this lien's released now." Um, sometimes they'll send us a letterhead um, or something on their letterhead saying the lien's been released. Then we'll update it in our system, and when the uh, Minnesotan comes in, the customer comes in, they can um, kind of get a lien-free title, and everybody kind of wants to see that lien-free title mm-hmm. in their hand. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> it's also required for them to, to transfer the title if they were to um, be able to transfer it um, or want to transfer it. They'd want it on a, on a lien-free title. And so um, um, what this new process does is it just totally uh, removes that mailing back and forth between uh uh, DVS and the financial institution, um, so it'll be identified as an electronic lien. Uh, when when the financial institution is ready to release that lien, they just log in to their online profile with with the state. Um, we are uh, a fast hosted state, and so um, they they log in through their e services account, and um, the, lender the lender does right, and then they can release uh, either in a single action or bulk action, which is really neat, right? If you've got, especially if you've got a ton of vehicles that you're trying to release um, in a certain month, um, and so then they'll 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 they can um, release the liens, and then we'll have our systems updated, and then when the customer is ready to come in to get their nice lien-free title, mm-hmm. um, they can go into any of our our um, um, offices, and. Uh, they don't have to bring that extra sheet of paper with them because once they come in, they'll mm-hmm. see that they, um, uh, their title's free and clear. 
They still have to come into the office physically? To, to get a new title, to get that kind of lean-free title. So did you build this internally or did FAST build it for you? Yeah, this is a FAST partnership and it was actually a really, really neat pilot because um, we engaged the 13 financial institutions up front. Yeah. So we have big banks, small credit unions. Um, it, was, it was a really good mix uh, from our business partners. And uh, while we didn't engage our deputy registrar community like right up front, um, when we were informing folks of this project, um, they were really interested in joining joining as well. And that's what created that byproduct of um, that online lookup tool, um, which is really slick. Um, so what it does for, for our deputy registrar partners is that it doesn't require them to log into the, to the actual FAST system. They can just go onto our, our, like any web browser, pull up a VIN and see that it's lien free. Mm. And so then they can kind of process that transaction um, um, without having to, to enter or to actually up access the, the customer's profile. Okay. Um, and then it's really, it, I, you know, what we really like about it is that it's a, it's a really consumer friendly tool. Mm -hmm. So what it does is it provides you, <clears throat> you know, whether there's a lien on it, um, the last odometer reading, um, any active brands, uh, the title number, and then uh, registration status if you're current or not. Yeah. And, um, you know, think about it from a consumer perspective. If you're buying a vehicle, right, you can right. go on and check to see is it lien free? Is it, you know, does it, does the auto actually match what's being, you know, shared with me? And so the consumer wanting to purchase a used vehicle can go on through your website, type in the VIN number, and that's how they would get this. What do they need to get the information? Yeah, just a VIN number. So if they go to drive.mn.gov, um, they'll, hit, they'll hit our, our kind of our landing page and they yeah. go to vehicle services. Scroll right down to to um, it's called check my vehicle status. Okay. Enter a VIN and then uh, it pops up all that public information. Based on the lien and title status, is the title status at all tied to the Vitus in that search? Is there any connectivity there? Um, so I don't I don't they I don't believe there's any Nimvitis connection there. It's just a lien status. So the so when that uh, my understanding, right? Nine months in, so like somebody will probably yeah, text sure, me and correct sure. me as well. Yeah, <laughs> but, blindly in the blind. yeah right. Um, but my understanding is that when that registration comes through, um, if there's a financial institution identified as a lien holder, um, we'll have it in our system, in our records, that there's a lien on this title. Yeah. Um, and then once it's released, it, it, it just kind of connects back to our, our own information system with an updated status of yeah. a release now. So I imagine a project of this scope was already in the works when you arrived nine months ago, or are you so agile it happened while you were there? So this happened while, I mean, the idea has been floating around, yeah. but it actually started just earlier this year. Wow. Um, it took a couple months to get going. Amazing team, amazing team. Um, and I think that's really one of the benefits. Of, I, I, I'm not putting a plug in for fast <laughs> by any means. I'm sure they are uh, happy yeah, yeah, Ken's probably smiling ear to ear right now, but um, that is definitely one of the benefits of modernization is that um, it's not like it's new functionality to the tool. It was just something that's available, and, it, and it's a, a, a different way of, of using the tool. Yeah. And so, um, so the platform was there, and it really just was about engaging our business partners, making sure that we had the right um, setup or the right kind of requirements in place mm -hmm. so that financial institutions got what they needed. It was easy for them. You know, that was really a... Um, um, a priority for us to make sure that we heard their voice in that project and and that's why they were engaged right up front because um, we want to make it easy for them because because uh, then that means you know uh, more financial institutions when we're ready we're not quite ready for that yet uh, when we're ready we can start engaging more financial institutions you know start promoting uh, this e, e lean process 
because every every single vehicle that comes in through Ely now saves us a postcard, saves us postage. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have to deal with paper anymore, which is great. Everybody loves kind of moving away from paper. Um, and then it's really it's um, uh, it's I think there's a big benefit for the financial institution as well is that is because they can log into their to their Minnesota uh, business account and see all the vehicles that they have liens on, kind of historical records, active liens, um, and then they can take bulk at, bulk items or um, bulk transactions. So you did this pilot. It's a pilot right now with 13 financial institutions. What would be the scope if you were expanded to full production? In Minnesota, how many parties would you be working with? Yeah, I don't have that number offhand. Um, uh, it would be significant, and the, vehicle, the number of vehicles would be significant. Um, uh, I'd have to get back to you on the number of financial institutions, that, like potentially, but it would be, be a large. Yeah, hundreds, yeah, yeah, easily, easily. And in working with the 13 that you chose, what was their reaction when you approached them through this process? Uh, sometimes when we do these projects, they sound great, but the way we did it works, we don't really want it to change. Or sometimes they get really excited about the new technology. Yeah, huge excitement up front, great partnership, um, uh, really engaged um, in the requirements process and the testing process after the fact. Um, we, it was just a really, really successful in, in engagement. Um, and, and again, I, I have to give a shout out to the, uh, the Deputy Registrar community because um, it was actually the Deputy Registrar community that brought up this idea of this online lookup tool, how it would be really beneficial to their offices. And we realized, wait, this is actually a really nice consumer tool as well. And so support all around from that. Uh, so I can't take credit for that. That wasn't something that we put together internally. Um, all credit to the Deputy Registrar Committee for bringing that up. So a lot of states are organized differently. Can, can you explain that to folks, how Minnesota is structured? When you talk about the Deputy Registrar Community, that's because in Minnesota, as a state, you have certain policies, but you don't do all the service delivery. Right, right. So in Minnesota, uh, we um, uh, we are authorized to deputize uh, registrars to complete transactions on behalf of the state, and so fa- the fancy title, deputy registrar. Um, and right, that's exactly what that is. They can uh, provide services on behalf of the state, um, both vehicle and on the credential side. Um, and in total, we have about 193 um, deputy registrars. Are we talking county offices, or is it a mix of public and private? It's a mix of public-private, um, and we have some, some limitations on, on who can be and, yeah. and how close you can be and the number of transactions and customers you need to be able to support. Um, and so, um, but yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a mix of public and private, and it's been just a really a, a hugely beneficial partnership because it gets our services out to the whole state. Of course. Right, right. In Minnesota, is that in addition to having state branch offices that directly deliver services? Yeah, so the, the majority of state offices actually are dedicated to providing the exams, so both the written and the and the road tests. Uh, we do some credentialing transactions there, but for the for the for the most part, we uh, really lean on our deputy registrar community to provide those um, kind of day to day transactions. So the customer service and the service delivery is really done through those network of partnerships. Exactly, exactly. I don't know if we've ever really talked about that with Minnesota. Uh, certainly there are states with county offices that deliver services. I think there might be less states that have this mix where you can go be a county clerk's office or be a private entity. Right, right. Do you have private sector businesses that are doing driver licensing? Oh, absolutely. Oh, wow. Absolutely. Okay. Yep, yep. 
Um, yeah, it, I mean, any any office, we encourage them to provide full services, yeah. right? Um, um, at a minimum, if they sign up to be a, a, like a vehicle registration office, they, they do all the motor vehicle type stuff. Um, they can sign up to be just driver's license only. Uh, but obviously, uh, for us, we really encourage them to provide all because it's, it's a nice one-stop shop for our customers. Um, um, but, you know, it, it is it – is, um, Logistically, not every office can support all yeah. the services. There's certain space requirements, you know, yeah. pictures and things like that. So back to the pilot. I asked you about the 13 states. What about the customers that have engaged in the process? What kind of feedback and reaction are you getting there? So we haven't heard back from customers yet. Um, we're still kind of waiting for that feedback. Um, we have uh, roughly a thousand uh, liens in there, electronic liens in the system right now, and so. Um, some have yet to be released. Some have been released, um, but we haven't uh, we haven't heard specifically any feedback from from customers that were impacted by the pilot. But you haven't heard any complaints either. I can't do this. I can't figure it out. Sometimes no news is good news. Exactly. Um, yeah, I'd be interested to to maybe connect with some of the deputy registrars that have seen these transactions come through and kind of anecdotally what they've seen. Um, you know, our, our, we anticipate that this is this is a really big benefit to customers because, again, it's one less piece of paper that they need to bring in to complete that title transaction. So the other topic you brought up in conversation that caught my attention is lessons you've learned around data ex- access, uh, data control, data sharing. Is that a fair way to give that contextualization? Yeah, I, I, absolutely. Um, so with the modernization of our systems in Minnesota, um, part of, of – of that implementation and that uh, and and resourcing for that was a stipulation in in statute that required uh, DVS to uh, monitor access to our systems and permanently revoke users um, that are are mi- have that we've identified as misuse, mm. and so it's really these uh, these revocations that have been um, really challenging and and um, what's difficult for Minnesota is that there are there were there aren't any kind of options for consequences it's just it, it the only choice we have is is permanent revocation permanent not suspension and you sit in the corner for a year right and you can imagine these um you know industry partners uh users where their their career revolves around access to our system um that's a very heavy heavy consequence it's one strike and you're out it's one strike and you're out and so you have found that folks were getting away with stuff and were getting revocations, or was there a lot of revocations and you're looking at, is it the right policy to have? Well, I would say, I mean, it's a new system, yeah. so um, there's no historical context for us to be looking at. It's really, um, you know, the way that the system, uh, the modernization is that now it's, it's a web-based system. And so, right. you know, with the right login, the right credentials, you can, you can access the system from anywhere, really. Um, and which is, I mean, d- definitely one of the benefits. I and mean, we can expand our services to partners across the state, across the country, really. Um, and so, with that amount of access, really, that's where I think that's where that that um, the the spirit of that statute arose mm-hmm. from is is you know there's lots of information, a lot of Minnesotan information that ne- needs and should be protected, mm-hmm. um, and there's tons of access points now. And so, um, um, DVS has taken a very um, how should I say? I mean, we're, we're a very serious approach. I mean, we're, we're, we we want to make sure that we're doing everything we can to identify misuse as early as possible and addressing that um, as quickly as possible. So if you had to put new resources behind that, change protocols, processes, 
That sounds like a lot to have to adapt to quickly. Yeah, a whole team was put together. When I say a whole team, I mean we have two individuals, <laughs> right? <laughs> Both of them, right? Um, brand new positions, um, and we're actually down one right now. Um, and you know, this, you know, I think everybody's on that soapbox yeah. right now. It's just really hard to fill positions. Um, but yeah, new work, uh, new processes, new policies, um, documentation. I think, and then you know, I was talking about lessons learned. It was um, that the, there are are opportunities for us to do some preventative um, actions and um, we actually have been working with um, a security consultant and these are some of the ideas that they were bringing up is is you know if we if we can kind of uh, curb that curiosity mm -hmm. right like like the obvious the, the biggest um, uh, misuse we see is is self lookups people are just really curious to see what what they're you know what they're Credential statuses, uh, what, what you know, what vehicles are registered to them, and um, you would think you would know all these things already. How can you misuse looking for your own data? Yeah, well, you know what? That's a really interesting question, <laughs> and it's one. Um, um, it really boils down to uh, you need a business reason to access that information, and if um, your curiosity is not a business reason, even though it's your, data. it's your data. So if you if you want to access your data. You need to you need to play by the same rules every other Minnesota has has to play by, which is you got to call in, and our call center will, will will give you all the information you want on on your account. That's fascinating, especially as we're hearing all these states setting up portals saying sign up online, have access to everything that's in your record. Maybe you have that as well, or, or not, but it's separate from accessing through the data portal. Yeah, I mean when you th this tool is is oh, this data this set of data is is highly sensitive, highly confidential. And when you have an when you have an account um, that can access all of it, I mean, you have all of Minnesota's information at your fingertips. That's why we take that so seriously. And and so um, we actively re review what folks are looking at. Um, not a not a big brother type of thing, but <laughs> but I mean, it, we do have to put some analytics in place to identify where we where we're seeing some uh, potential, and then we need to do our investigation and make sure that we're you know there we're giving folks a fair slice at at, at um, Helping us understand why they access the system, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll say at the beginning, you know, I, I do think that there was a huge learning curve. This is really different than the way that the previous system was managed. This is a new a new statute that's being implemented, and so and questions like why can't I look at my own data? Yeah, right. Like those are the things that came up, and you know, we put together FAQs. We did lots and lots of communications with our business partners, especially our business partners. Yeah. Um, because this is this is a new way of conducting business for them, and um, and yeah, it, we we had some we had some bumps, um, but some of the cool things we did was like we have a pop up now. If you look up your, your, your same last name or mm -hmm. same name, um, it'll say, "Hey, are you really sure you want to look at this account?" Um, it doesn't stop you from looking at it. Um, uh, another tool that we put in place, an enhancement to this process is um, you can sign up to block your own account. So we we will um, um, tie your login to your personal account, and then restrict all access. And so even if you you know if you if you had a curious case or you 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 slipped the the search entry, and somehow put your DL number or put your your information in, um, it would just block you from accessing your own site from accessing your own account, mm -hmm. and it's just you know stopping you from yourself really. Well, I think in some cases, we all need to be stopped from ourselves, but this is an interesting case.
Right. Well, you would think that um, um, something like that wouldn't wouldn't be necessary, but actually was actually really effective. We saw the use the misuse cases around around self lookups drop significantly because if you can't, right, then um, that kind of goes away. Both of these projects seem to sit in the overall timeline and arc of modernization. Both the lean as well as the data issue you talk about in terms of the new system, the modernized system. So. What's on the horizon now that you've modernized the system? What's the next big piece of it coming to Minnesota? Well, there, there are lots of things on the horizon. Um, uh, one thing that I'm very, very excited about with, um, with modernization is that uh, we can do a deeper dive into analytics. There are more data points. Um, it's more easily accessible. It's, it's, it's um, collected in a way that can be uh, used meaningfully. Yeah. And so one of the things that we're trying to do is to um, leverage the system to do more checks and balances for us, let the system work a little bit harder for us, and, and, we, and uh, there will always be a need for a human element, mm -hmm. but we want to use the human element on, on the pieces where, where we, need, we need a person. We need their expertise. We need that, ob um, that subjectivity, uh, the expertise, so that they, when they're reviewing the case uh, or they spend the time reviewing the cases that they actually need to. Um, and use a system to kind of, um, 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 uh, it's not an auto-approve because you're actually still reviewing it, but let the system do some system checks to, to make sure the clean transactions just go, go through cleanly. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's still a lot of touch in, in processing right now, and so one of, one of my hopes is that, you know, we get to something like 95, 96% um, where the system verified all the all the data elements are correct. This this transaction can can go through clean, um, and that's not possible without modernization. You need to be um, you need to be kind of set up. You need to have your architecture in place for you to be able to mm -hmm. implement a system like this. And super exciting because then I mean there's tons of work to do. There's just ton, there's so much work to do and and um, so many things that we can make better for for our customers. And so if we can take some of this away and focus our, our energy on, on providing, you know, uh, more effective services, better services, more services. Um, I think that's a win for us and win for Minnesotans. So as we wrap up, as I said in the beginning, you're new to your role, but not new to state government. You've been in Minnesota state government for years on the revenue and taxation side. How have you found the initiation into the world of DMV? It's, I, I was The one thing that I was surprised about was how little I knew about um, uh, the, the work that's done at DMV offices. Um, you know, it's called DVS in Minnesota, but I, but I think, you know, everybody kind of thinks about it as a DMV, and, and I came into this role knowing kind of just from a customer, right, I got to come in and do my title work, I got to pay every year to get my, you know, my, my vehicle registered, every four years I get a new ID, and that was really, oh, and then I got my driver's license at one point, right? And so that was the extent of my interaction with, with the, the DMV world, and I was just shocked to find out um, or learn how many services are supported. I mean, our commercial driving, that, that was a whole new world for me. Yeah. Um, all the different partnerships, ANVA, uh, FMCSA, uh, the deputy registrar. I mean, the whole, the whole thing is just so um, um, complex. Yes. It's a very complex uh, environment. And, and I will say, you know, um, Taxes are not fun, and they can be complex. Um, but I will, the number of players is is you know fairly limited, right? You got you got accountants, you got taxpayers, um, you got policymakers, 
um, you know, software providers. And so there's there's a handful, there are business partnerships and, and, and stakeholders. Um, but in the DMV world, it, you have a, just everyone is yeah. in the mix. Um, and some more than others, but, but is, it is just, it is overwhelming. And, um, and I've just been so fortunate to have a, a great team. Um, I have a, my leadership team, uh, fairly new, some new members, but, but um, also fortunate to have a lot of, of, of seasoned leaders mm-hmm. um, um, supporting the team. And, and it, it has made, without them, I, I don't think I would have survived this transition. <laughs> um, but yeah, I continue to learn, learn tons. And, and I'll just say again, I think um, other jurisdictions and the AMBA partnership is, is so critical because we'll come across something and, and the first thing we'll think of is like, hey, is any other state doing this? Like, let's talk to somebody. And, yeah. and um, you know, everybody's super friendly. You know, we reach out and get, we get feedback right away. Um, and so that's been, that's been just um, invaluable. Well, there's no better note to end on how awesome the AMVA community is. And we're very excited to have you on board. We hope to see you around a lot. Thanks for joining me today for a nice chat. Thank you to all of you for listening this week. As always, thanks to our producers, Claire Jeffrey and Chelsea Hadwin. Until next week, everybody, stay well. Thank you for joining us for AMVACast, hosted by Ian Grossman, produced by Claire Jeffrey and Chelsea Hadwin, music by Gibson Arthur. This episode was brought to you by Get Mobile ID by Get Group North America. Visit us at amvacast.podbean.com and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify.